The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia from boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds. WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by our Mini Helmet Contest. The SGP Mini Helmets are now in the store, and we're giving away one for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants it again. It is a Monday and it is the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Ryan McIntyre. I'm Rod Gomez. Welcome to those of you joining us watching on our YouTube, on our Twitter stream, on wherever else you're finding us. What's up, Tyler Lenz? Welcome into all of you listening on Spotify, on wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Ryan, my friend, this week was the week that kept on giving, man, and as, as we wind down to the end of the regular season, I got to tell you, I feel like we're watching some of the best football that we watched all season. Yeah, no, uh, good to be on, Rod. Good to see you again. And uh, yeah, no, this was a Sunday that, I mean, I don't remember a Sunday where every game, it felt like, came down to the wire. Comebacks all over the place. Obviously, you had the Jags come back, the Raiders, uh, crazy ending that we'll get into. And it all started on Saturday with the Vikings coming back with the greatest comeback in NFL history. And then, uh, obviously, we're, we're not going to talk about the Sunday night game. I, I, we'll skip over that one. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, was a, it was fun. It was playoff football. It was. And look, I know there's a lot of people out there that are saying it was the largest, not the greatest, but the largest comeback in NFL history. I, I, I want those of you who are out there who, who don't like the word greatest comeback because there may be another yeah. better one. Yes, it was the largest comeback in NFL history. But, I mean, yeah, absolutely. There were so many games that just had you 1,000% glued to the television for the entire time uh, that they were playing. Like you said, it started Saturday, carried on into Sunday, but the week did not even start then. It started on Thursday night with, thank you very much, Victory Monday for me. We'll get into that in a second. because Victory as we, weekend. Victory <laughs> weekend. Yeah, I got to... I. I got yeah. to enjoy Saturday and Sunday. Like that was a nice feeling to already know that your win was in the bank and all you got to do now is just sit back and watch football. Yeah, no doubt. And your Niners are rolling. Hopefully it ends on Saturday for me, but uh <laughs> cuz we uh it's a Washington San Fran on Christmas Eve. But yeah, no, the Niners are playing as good as football as anybody in the NFL. Brock Purdy, I mean, you may have stumbled into something here, Rod. Hey, listen, he stumbled into something, man. You you want to talk about being yeah. able to to say on your resume, I was the last man taken in the draft and have it mean something now all of a sudden. I, I yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in a second because as we always do, we'll break down the entire week 15 slate. 
betting uh, angles and all that other good stuff as we do. And then, of course, we'll take a look ahead to week 17. Oh, my God. We're almost there. We're almost to the end. <laughs> and and some of the lines ahead. It is, man. I'm, I'm a little bit teary-eyed over here. Yep. <laughs> So, um, all right. Well, Ryan, let's go ahead and do that. Let's uh, let's take a look at Thursday night as it was the San Francisco 49ers looking to lock up the NFC West over the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle, battling not only Geno Smith and the resurgent Seahawks, but 12th man. And guess what? They could have had 15, 16, 17 men out there on the field, and I don't know that they would have been able to beat the Niners. Walked away with a 21-13 to win. That score, Ryan, did not even tell the story of this game. It was a lot closer than it should have been. San Francisco covering their three-point spread uh, and, and definitely just taking care of business, and yes, locking up that NFC West. Yeah, no, and shout out to the Niners. Uh, clinching in the West at the rival, the Seattle Seahawks. It's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, can the Niners catch the Vikings for the two seed? I'm sure as a Niners fan, you want to get that two seed. So you you have, uh, what, home field not only in the wild card round, but the divisional round as well. You haven't lost since that Kansas City Chiefs game when McCaffrey initially came over in the trade. So the Niners are as hot as anybody, and I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. So, and that's the thing about it. That Minnesota game had so much riding on it, and obviously we'll talk about it when we get there, but uh, for Niners fans, we were holding our breaths and and really just hoping that the Colts held serve. Uh, unfortunately, Matt Ryan was on the other side of that. But uh, no, as for the Niners, like, look, here's the thing about them. They are playing fantastic defensive football, and that has been the staple sure. of the 49ers for a very long time almost plug and play at the quarterback position, and that's that's fine. I mean, since Steve Young, since Joe Montana, since, I mean, you could even argue Jeff Garcia, like, there's there hasn't necessarily been the rock. Colin Kaepernick was a name, but he wasn't a transcendent quarterback. And then there are people that argue with me about that too, but I don't think he was a Joe Montana or a Steve Young, a generational quarterback to change the game, right? I don't think he was either one of that. Alex Smith fine, good quarterback, just not one of those guys. But you've had a slew of everybody else, right? I mean, um, now with Jimmy Garoppolo, with with Trey Lance, it just it almost doesn't matter at this point, which is good for the Niners because they can yeah. continue to win if their defense continues to keep points off the board. Yeah, no, you mentioned it with all those names. Kind of uh, Alex Smith and Garoppolo kind of are similar quarterbacks in terms of game managing, get the ball to the receivers in the right places. Seems like Brock Purdy still are uh, is similar to those kind of guys in their mold um, and how they're made up. And looking at Ka Kaepernick was different. Kaepernick was more of a dynamic player. And it seems like Trey Lance could be that guy as well. But like you said, they've done it with both sides of the quarterback say game manager and electric uh, quarterback that can get it done with his uh, legs. But the one constant when the Niners are good is that dominant defense and a good running game to go with the quarterback play. And that's what it's That's what's been happening for the Niners. It really has been. And it's been fun to watch as a fan. I think it's been fun to watch in all of football. I mean, you watch these guys come out and play this game and just everybody's having fun. Everybody's having fun up to and including Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. He's out there just having a great time. Yeah. Got a great surrounding cast of characters, and it just, again, it's fun football to watch. Yeah, no doubt, and it's going to be interesting. Looking at, I mean, the Niners have uh, won, what, now seven in a row, and they haven't given up more than 17 points 
in that seven-game win streak, and that was the Miami uh, a couple weeks back who was on fire going into that game. Uh, the Niners looking at what they got left. I mean, on paper, they should win all three. They got Washington. That's actually their hardest game, Washington, at home, and then they got to go to Vegas. That's a tricky one with uh, with the Bay Area rivalry, but they, they should win that game as well, and then you got Arizona as well. So, uh, yeah, no, it, Niners are in a good spot here to get the two-seed, I think. Niners are in a good spot, but the Seahawks, not so much. I think the uh, shine has sort of fallen off of the apple there. Uh, you saw a lot of frustration in those players and in the coach themselves just not being able to get it done at home. Ryan, this means now for them, they have dropped uh, four of their last five games now uh, have the Seahawks. What once was a promising season now is a scramble to stay playoff relevant. Yeah, I think they're done, Rod. I mean, they got they got to go to Kansas City this week, and they got the Jets. Defensively, they're just not the same team as they've been. And looking at, I mean, they got torched by Carolina on the ground last week. Uh, the Niners could have scored more, I thought, than twenty one points, but kind of once they got up, just sat on the ball. They knew they'd win the game. Um, but yeah, no, the Seahawks. It, it seems like they're going to miss the playoffs. It was a good story for the time, though. Well, I mean, everybody that loved Geno Smith, you can still love Geno Smith. That's not it's not necessarily a bad thing if you want to do that because, again, Geno Smith was a good story for the first part of the season. But, yeah, the Seahawks, pretty much done. Uh, Over-under on this one was 42. They did not get there. Uh, barely even close. I mean, But you, like you said, the Niners sort of let up after they scored their, their 21 points. Um, and really, it was just a, a valiant effort there in the fourth quarter for the Seahawks to even get that touchdown. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, this is this is San Francisco's rest of the season. Uh, I'll be curious to see in our look ahead where they're at for their Week 17 matchup. So, uh, all right, let's turn our attention now to that greatest or biggest or sizable, whatever. It was a comeback, and it was historical, yeah. and it broke some records as Minnesota, 22 points in the fourth quarter and 36 overall in the second half to come back to, to win 39-36 over Indianapolis, thereby making Matt Ryan probably think about hanging it up after this. Yeah. Uh, if you had the Colts up 33 nothing at the break, uh, wow, uh, great call. If you had the Vikings coming back from 33 nothing down, even better call. Uh, the money line, I, I didn't get the money line at that point. I don't even know if it was offered at that point. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, the Vikings, unbelievable comeback. This team just continues to find ways to win. I still don't think they're that good a team. I mean, anybody that's down 33 to nothing to the Colts, I mean, I, I mean, it's the Colts. Like, how are you down 33 nothing? But they find ways to win games. They keep fighting. Kirk Cousins, monster day, 460 yards, four touchdowns. And then Matt Ryan, just another big lead collapse. Uh, we saw it in the Super Bowl years ago, 28 to three. This one's 33 nothing. I don't even understand how it happened. Honestly, I, I still can't I, fathom. I don't know either. Yeah, it just it seemed as if the Colts came out and and forgot that they were playing. Or they just literally turned off and thought maybe that was going to be enough. But, you know, you got Justin Jefferson, you got Dalvin Cook, you got Kirk Cousins. Those guys, they're not going to let up. I mean, like you said, and you've been saying all season long, it's like the Vikings are probably the most suspect 10-win um, team out there. Now, of course, 11-3. and three, But... They're they're really proved that you got to find a way to win. Your eleven wins, they don't all have to be pretty, but this one obviously was probably the most gritty performance that they've had. And listen, 
Honestly, when you come back like this, that makes you believe. That carries a lot of weight in that locker room. That flight yeah. home, I don't know how many chains Kirk Cousins has on now, but he probably had twice as many <laughs> on the way home. So I'm just saying that's a really great morale booster for that team. And going forward, they may be hard to stop. Yeah, no, I looking at what that they clinched the NFC North now, but they're they're uh their attentions go towards the NFC two seed because they don't want to go to San Francisco. I think they're I, I think San Francisco is gonna win wherever the game's played. But I mean, if you're the Vikings, you feel better about playing at home. Uh, they got the Giants, but then they got to finish with two tough road games at Green Bay and at Chicago. I know on paper those teams aren't good, but it's still uh, a division rivalry. Hate the two teams that hate each other. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can hold on. So for as amazing as this comeback was, if you are a Minnesota minus three and a half better, you're still pissed <laughs> because they did not get the one extra point you needed to actually cover the spread. But if you were a uh, 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 Indy plus three and a half better, you were pretty happy. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know how much you really can complain though if you had Minnesota minus three and a half when you were down thirty three to nothing. So that would have been an ultimate uh, bad beat uh, backdoor cover if the Vikings did not cover that, or the sorry, the Colts did not cover that after being up thirty three to nothing. Yeah, just a whore. I mean, look, I I don't even know what to say <laughs> about this Indianapolis team anymore. It's just four nine and one. They're scrappy, but just not scrappy enough, and. Like I said, man, if that's me, I may just be saying to myself, if I'm Matt Ryan, I hung on, I tried, I think we're good. Agreed. Yeah, no, it's it's time, it's time to hang it up. And yeah, Jeff Saturday's not a head coach either. It's just frustrating. I, I don't know what it was. I, I Again, as I am a Niner fan, I was so excited to see Indianapolis jump out to that huge lead. And then, of course, to watch them whittle it down, I was like, well, okay. Niners going to have work to do still to get that two seed. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right. Well, look, we'll put that one to bed only because, you know, there's not much analysis you can take out of that other than the Vikings are probably going to be scary now. Over-under on this one was 46.5. Blue past that and then some at 75 total points. What's up, Mr. Heat over there in our chat? Make sure if you're listening to this on a podcast, we do this live. Keep an eye on the NFL Gambling Podcast Twitter feed. It'll let you know on Mondays what time we go live. It's normally about 2.15 Pacific, 5.15 Eastern, uh, but today we're doing it a little bit early because uh, I have a chance to, so we're knocking it out early. But, uh, yeah, make sure you get in there and, and uh, see Ryan's beautiful face. And the holidays. Yeah, exactly, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Something like that. <laughs> so from a from a game that was 75 points total to a game that was 16 points total, we moved to Cleveland and Baltimore. You want to talk about a letdown? We had, I mean, maybe, maybe we needed this game to catch our breath. Uh, really, overall, is what, what needed to happen because Baltimore-Cleveland did not provide the type of fireworks as the game before it. In fact, in full disclosure, I had this one on the little screen and uh, started to watch the Fresno State Bowl game uh, in, on the big screen because I knew that that would be more action-packed than this game. So Cleveland ends up holding on to win against Baltimore 13-3, to covering the three-point spread. But Ryan, this was just a snooze fest all the way through. Yeah, no doubt. It kind of, I mean, the the Ravens are are struggling right now. Uh, they gave up the 
the AFC North now. They still got to go to Cincinnati. I don't see the Bengals giving this division back up. And for the Browns to get to six and eight, I mean, they're still mathematically alive, but this is more about the Ravens just being bad without Lamar. Yeah. And, and by mathematically, we're talking new math like that. That's really what we're talking yeah. about now. We're not we're not talking about good old fashioned uh, arithmetic. We're talking new math where, where we can move variables around and make whatever equation we want. But yeah, I mean, look, Deshaun Watson, six, 18 of 28, 161 yards, one touchdown. You can't say he won the game for you. Chubb, one yard short of 100, you know, 99 yards on 21 carries. Still not the dominant Nick Chubb that we've seen in the past looks good, but I mean, Chubb should be ripping off 150, 160 yards per game anymore. And when he doesn't, it's, it's a kind of a letdown. So, um, JK Dobbins with the better end of the rushing day, 13 carries 125 yards. That man is looking fantastic again. Yeah, no. And, uh, for him to have over a hundred yards the way he did 125 yards and them only to muster up three points, uh, Justin Tucker missed some field goals in this game, rare misses, which, uh, kind of changed the whole momentum of the game. I thought for Baltimore kind of took, uh, the air out of the sails a little bit in terms of like, Hey man, this guy never misses. And for him to miss, it was uh, deflating. So, um, Looking at what Baltimore's got going forward, I, I mean, I think they're going to make the wild card round. I, I don't see them being a threat in the AFC, especially with how limited offensively they are right now. They got Atlanta and Pittsburgh at home, so they should win both of those or have a chance to win both of those before they got to go to Cincinnati in Week 18. I mean, they're missing Lamar. Really, just that's what it's all said and done. Tyler, no yeah, Tyler Huntley. They need to pay him. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see, actually, to be honest <laughs> with you. I mean, look, we know now. I mean, we see. We see the results of what happens when you don't have one of the league's premier quarterbacks under center for you, right? Tyler Huntley, 17 of 30, 138 yards in an interception. That's not going to get it done for you. And he didn't even, he rushed six times for 15 yards. Not going to get it done. No doubt. So, um, Cleveland, on the other hand, six and eight, like you said, I don't even, I don't see a path to them being relevant, uh, the rest of the season. So uh, short of, short of anything else, man, I, this is almost like fade the, fade the Ravens, uh, if there's no Lamar under center. Yeah, no, I think if, uh, you're a Browns fan, you just want to see Watson deliver a little bit just to get a little bit of momentum going into next year. Yeah, and I don't know, man. Again, it doesn't. He has not impressed me coming back yet. He has not. This has been a couple of weeks now, right? I mean, we talked about it last week with with what Baker Mayfield was able to do off off of the flight, and and we got a couple of weeks with Deshaun Watson still looking like he hasn't fully gotten into the mix yet. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I haven't been impressed either. I mean, they scored thirteen points. They won that game because of their defense. Absolutely. Uh, Over-under on this one was 38 and a half. I'll let you guess where that fell. Uh, to the <laughs> next game, one that was promised a bunch of snow to us and, in fact, only ended up being a snow game at the end. Buffalo hanging on, and I mean that by every sense of the imagination, to beat the Miami Dolphins 32-29 to 29, despite the snowball fight, despite the snowball gate uh, coming from the, uh, the Buffalo fans. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this was uh, seven-point favorites were the Buffalo Bills did not cover. So if you were Miami plus seven, you were pretty happy about that. Or even six and a half, for that matter. Um, you still managed to cover on this one. But, uh, look, now 
we see Buffalo kind of break themselves away again and uh, and are 11 and three. Miami falls to eight and six. This is sort of a disappointment, obviously, for Miami, who are hoping to pull at least to nine and six or nine and five rather to to keep themselves really afloat in the a- in the AFC playoff picture. But now we're just seeing Buffalo pull away and and, and beat really good teams. So what does this what does this mean for both of these teams going forward? Well, it means for Buffalo, you clinch AFC East, so your first goal's down. You, you clinch the division. Now they need to finish the job here and get the one seed in the AFC. Uh, can't let up just because you won the division. You need home field. You saw how great that crowd was. I mean, started snowing, and they're singing, let it snow, let it snow. Buffalo fans are the best. Uh, at, just ask Adam Pelletier. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, Bill's Mafia, man, I, looking at what they got, they got at Chicago this week. That's on paper. They should win that game. But then they got the tricky game next week on Monday Night Football at Cincinnati. So get your popcorn ready. The, the Bills got to find a way to win that game because they don't need to be going back to Arrowhead to play the Kansas City Chiefs. No, they certainly don't. But here's the thing about Buffalo, though, in that we've seen them be suspect over the last few weeks as far as playing kind of down to their opponent, not looking necessarily like they can win. In this instance, I guess iron sharpened iron, and, and they were able to keep pace and play well. But, yeah, I mean, they're really going to have to keep that up if they want to continue to move on. Look, Josh Allen, Josh Allen things. 25 of 40, 304, four touchdowns. Uh, no real rushing game other than Josh Allen, 10 carries and 77 yards. They got to get somebody else going, right? They got to get Devin Singletary moving, don't they? Yeah, no, it's, I mean, he takes too many hits. I felt like he was getting annihilated in that game. He get fumbled a couple of times, got lucky. Uh, but uh, statistically, Allen had a great day in terms of 300 passing yards and four touchdowns. So fantasy owners were very pleased, including 77 on the ground. But they got to get their other running backs going to yeah. give him a little balance. Yeah, they certainly do. And Mr. Cook, James Cook, too, he's got to get moving as well. Uh, the leading receiver in this one, though, for the Bills, Dawson Knox, six catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Outpaced Stephon Diggs, who had five catches on nine tag- targets for 60 yards. Uh, James Cook getting in the end zone by reception, and Naheem Hines, also Quentin Morris. So everybody but Stephon Diggs gets touchdowns for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, no, and Diggs was frustrated throughout this game, visually frustrated, too. He was, but look, when your team is like, I don't know, I get, I know everybody wants the ball. I get it. I understand it. I know the great players want the ball, but you know, have fun. Like you're winning <laughs> like or, or you're going to win. You know, it just, you're playing good competitive football. It just, it's, I know you'll get frustrated, but settle down. Uh, for Miami to a, uh, two two touchdowns on 17 completions, not a, not a great day for Tua, but you know he didn't necessarily need to have the best of day with Raheem Mostert just slicing through. 17 carries, 136 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, but his buddy uh, Salvan Ahmed did. Six carries, 43 yards, and a touchdown for his backup. Um, kind of quiet day for Tyreek Hill. Nine for 69 and a touchdown, but Jalen Waddle, three catches, 114 yards, one touchdown. Beautiful 67-yarder. Just, uh, yeah, I mean, these guys... They have dudes. Now they just need to to put it together again to win every game. Agreed there. Yeah, no, it's uh B- Buffalo should should continue to roll here. Yeah. I I think so too. And I look, I wouldn't be too disappointed if I'm Miami. You you had your test now. You know, you know what you're up against. 
now you know what you got to do going forward and you have to kind of win out. I mean, this is a situation where if you want to, if you want to have the best possible playoff uh, situation, you control your own fate in that case. Um, you know, you, if you win, obviously you improve. If not, can't, can't do much for you. Yeah, no, the, the schedule was tough. I mean, they have to go to what San Fran, um, LA and then all the way to Buffalo tough spot. So the dolphins just got to get right here uh, at home on Christmas against the Packers. They got to do it. Uh, all right, let's uh, talk about the over under on this one. 44. They killed that one. And then some, uh, let's move on to the Sunday games as we close the book on Saturday. But before we do, Ryan, what do you say? We step away for a quick second and pay a couple of bills. Uh, that way we can continue to keep the show on the air. Shall we? Let's do it. All right. We'll come right back. And when we do, we'll break down Sunday's games. But before we do, as we always do, let's talk about WinBet, the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays. Plus, for the hashtag DGENs only, try your luck at WinBet's Parlay Wheel. There's great promos, odds, and payouts all happening right now at WinBet. You ready to play? Sign up today. You're going to get a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. Limited to state availability. So much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions, winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state of playthrough. Winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Do not forget to enter the SGP Mini Helmet Contest. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet to enter. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. Been browsing that merch store, Ryan. I got to tell you, that helmet is slick, and everybody needs to check it out. Yeah, no doubt. I saw it the other day. That thing is clean. It is very clean. Nice little black helmet with the SGPN logo on it. It fits perfectly on your desk. Make sure to grab that. Mine will be in shortly, along with my uh, SGPN fantasy football. I'm getting the fantasy football podcast coffee mug. Uh, I'm partial to that show, seeing as though I helped launch it. And uh, and a couple of other fun little uh, uh, trinkets coming from the SGPN merch store. Yeah, no, there's tons to choose from. All uh, There's so many shows on SGPN, so everybody, holiday season, go check out the merch store. Absolutely. There's an NFL gambling podcast. They got these hats, too. too. Those hats as well. Hoodies, mine's coming, too. So, like I said, just have some fun with that merch store and pick up that helmet. Make sure, or actually just enter the contest so you can win it and you don't have to buy it yourself. Uh, all right, let's move over to Sunday where we start with the Atlanta Falcons taking on the New Orleans Saints. Well, Atlanta is is not a darling as much as it was, but they did cover. If we got five and a half, they did. yeah, that was good. And you've got even if you got the four and a half, they did cover. Uh, but New Orleans walks away the winner, twenty one to eighteen. Desmond Ritter's first career start is squashed. Yeah, and the Saints are uh, still mathematically alive because nobody in the South wants to win games. You're looking at it, the Bucks six and eight, everybody else five and nine. So. Ugly game. Saints got off to a good start and kind of just uh, milked it a little bit after that. Uh, Dalton was okay. Did a good job game managing. Taysom Hill came in through a touchdown, a uh, long touchdown too. So uh, 
I thought Ritter looked okay in his rookie debut. I mean, it, it's hard to evaluate. You don't know how much. Uh, I mean, how much they're going to put in with the playbook with him being a rookie. I know that they were coming off the bye, so uh, I, I think we fade the Falcons from here on out. I think they're done. They were done when they decided to go ahead and put Ritter in. I mean, that that was them yeah. putting the white flag up and saying, you know what, we're going to see what we've got. We're moving on to next season. Agreed. I don't know what Mariota's going to happen. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with them, but just a, a frustrating day all around. But, you know, uh, Tyler Algier, they know what they have there at running back. 17 carries, 139 yards, and a touchdown. Finally, finally, Ryan, now that he's on my bench, he gets a, a day where he blows up like that, and it's just... Uh, you know, frustrating for a fantasy manager, but for real life football, Tyler Algier, I think, is the real deal. Doesn't it always work like that, Rod? Especially in the playoffs, man. Especially in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. So, no yeah. doubt. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, look, Atlanta's pretty much done. New Orleans, yeah, they're still mathematically alive, but new math. When you got Andy Dalton throwing 151 yards, two touchdowns, yeah, and 11 completions. Uh, and, and, and in fact, you talk about fantasy. Taysom Hill as well uh, on my bench. I picked him up as a tight end. And then Juwan Johnson on my bench. Whatever. You don't want to hear about my fantasy team. But all the Saints and, and Falcons pretty much screwed me this week. It's frustrating. Um, terrible. Although, yeah. I will give a shout-out to Phil from MD. He built himself some nice plus 600 uh, and plus 1,200 parlays with boosts with the props from the PropCast. So, Phil, thanks for listening to the PropCast. Thanks for enjoying it because uh that's a lot of fun too that show yeah let's go man congrats on the win that's that that's a nice little payout headed into uh, the holiday season sure is let's uh let's go i want to i definitely want to see some cash from that um all right look both of these teams i don't even know what to do i mean obviously one of them one of these nfc south teams is going to win the nfc south which one it's going to be flip a coin I, I think at this point it may end up being just tampa bay and these other folks will be on the outside looking in. But, I mean, hell, what, what, what stop, what's stopping the Saints from making a, a nice little sweeping comeback, right? Yeah, no, I mean, they they got to be kicking themselves because all they had to do is win that game in Tampa and they'd be in first place right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they had that game won. They sure did. Uh, all right, over-under on this one, 39, or 43 rather. They did not get there. They were a few points short of that with 39 total points. Uh, all right, let's let's get away from that ugly football. That means nothing to us unless you were better of that. <laughs> uh, let's move on to a game that probably did have some money on it, and that was the Detroit Lions beating the New York Jets twenty to seventeen. This one was a thriller as well. This one came down to the wire. In fact, uh, this one helped me. In fact, uh, hopefully, cross my fingers, barring tonight's uh, game, take home a a chance to play for the championship finals in one of mine. So the Detroit Lions, like I said, beat the New York Jets 20 to 17. Both teams now seven and seven. Uh, Detroit was two point underdogs in this in some spots. Uh, and, and if you picked it up there, you were happy still plus one. If, if at the lowest, so obviously Detroit covers as the underdog fun times ahead for Jared Goff and the Lions, maybe question mark. Man, the Lions are as hot as anybody. They've won, uh, what, six in a row now or six out of seven. Their only loss was on Thanksgiving to uh, the Buffalo Bills. They're, I mean, they're hot. There's no other way to describe it. They've uh, covered seven straight games. They, 
This one, you're kicking yourself if you're a Jets fan. You got the game one, and then you get tricked on the fourth and inches play where the Lions break it open at the end, and then uh, Zach Wilson's able to make a miraculous play on fourth and 18, and they uh, miss a field goal to lose it. So great win for the Lions. They continue to roll. They're in the NFC playoff wild card picture. Um, they got a real shot at getting into the playoffs for the first time in years, and for the Jets, seems like the magic's kind of uh, run out a little bit. Six of the last seven. Six of the last seven. I mean, the Niners have won seven straight. The Lions have won six of their last seven. I I understand that power rankings have a lot to do with records and overall records and stuff like that. But if you want to take into account two of the hottest teams in the league right now, you have to look at the Niners and you have to look at the Lions. You can kind of throw their yep. records out at this point and just say, if I were to look at the last seven weeks... These are the teams that are powering through right now, you know? Obviously, the Eagles are going to be up there. Obviously, the Vikings are going to be up there. But, like, you want to talk about the last few weeks, it's those two teams, right? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and you look at – I mean, they they beat down Minnesota last week as well and uh, Jacksonville the week before that, and Jacksonville's playing better as well. So, yeah, no, the Lions are hot. Um, for the Jets, I, it's – I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. It's it's kind of that 5-2 and two start was nice. I don't know the status of Mike White going forward as well or if they'll just continue to ride it out with Zach Wilson. A lot of moving parts in uh, New York. Well, and just to go back to the, the Lions real quick, they did play Buffalo to a three points uh, a difference, 28-25, so it wasn't as if they completely got blown out by the Bills. They, they actually made it a game. But as to the Jets, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think that now we're talking about riding it out with Zach Wilson when Zach Wilson entered the season as the clear guy, pretty much, you know, as the 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 Jets starting quarterback, and there was kind of no question about it. Now here we're saying maybe they'll ride it out with Zach Wilson, who was supposed to be the guy from the get go. Well, yeah, and he was the number two pick in overall in the draft just last year. So yeah, crazy crazy developments in New York. How far the mighty have fallen, definitely. Tough times ahead for the Jets, honestly. They can't, they just have to get something moving. I mean, they don't have, they've they got good guys. They got Zonovan Knight, who actually is, has, has jumped out of nowhere. Garrett Wilson, nine or four catches, 98 yards. It's, it's not as if they don't have a, a little bit of talent there. They proved it in the beginning of the season. They just got to get it together. Over under on this, 44 and a half. They came in at 37. Couldn't even get the over for you. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry. If you were an over better on this one, which you probably shouldn't have been in the first place. Yeah, not with these two teams. No. Uh, speaking of over betting, you might have bet the under on this one to be mildly disappointed as the Chiefs beat the Houston Texans 30 to 24 in what was way closer of a game than it should have been at all, <laughs> as evident by the 14 and a half point spread, 14 in some places that was being laid. Uh, as Kansas City being 14-point favorites or 14.5-point favorites. Obviously, this did not cover, and it never looked like it was close to covering, honestly, at all. Yeah, no, they were never close to covering. They should have lost this game, to be honest. Uh, they, I thought Houston outplayed them from the get-go. The Chiefs kind of... They've done this a couple times now where they just literally go through the motions, and, I mean, kudos to them. They find a way to win. Gambling-wise, though, if you've had the Chiefs this year, you have not been profitable. They're 4-2 and two against the spread, despite being 11-3 and three overall. I, I, I don't even know. Like my, It's funny because my brother summed it up 
the best. He's a he's a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Texts me early in the day. You know what team I absolutely love? Kansas City Chiefs. He's like, but you know what team I absolutely hate? Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> it just it it just seems. They'll trade you, right? Oh yeah, exactly. Right. You'll trade you'll trade <laughs> them on the record and everything, but. When you got guys like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, even yeah. like Juju Smith-Schuster, like you should be blowing guys out. You should be blowing teams out. That that almost seems like a no-brainer. And a t- team like the Texans, who were one eleven and one coming into the into the game, that should have been a no-brainer for you. But for whatever reason, sometimes you come in and that other team has geared themselves up, and that was really evident by the Texans and the way they played that game. Yeah, they were the ones that prepared all week long for what they were stepping into, whereas the Chiefs, not to say they didn't prepare all week long, but, you know, look, you know that when you're, if you're a student, right, and there's a class that you've pretty much been coasting through the whole year, and it comes time for finals, and you're like, meh, I got this. I don't need to study quite as hard, right? I, I could pretty much pass this with my eyes closed. I'll, I'll, I'll look over the book the night before and refresh, and then you get the test, and it's a whole bunch of different questions that you weren't ready for, you're like, oh, man, that's kind of what it was this week for the Chiefs. They opened up the book, and Texas threw, uh, or the Houston Texans threw stuff at him they hadn't seen before. Yeah, no, and you look at the Texans. They should have beat Dallas last week, and they should have beat Kansas City this week. So they're playing decent football coming down the stretch here. Maybe they can play a little spoiler here uh, when they go to Tennessee this weekend. I think they could win that game. The way Tennessee's looked the last few weeks, yeah, I certainly think that they could yeah. win that game. That's, yeah. that's not out I of the I think they're live dog there. Yeah. I mean, Davis Mills actually looked good. Uh, honestly, it wasn't as if he looked great, but he looked like he could get the job done. He didn't blow up the stat sheet, 12 of, 20, uh, 12 of 24 for 121, but he did have two touchdowns on this one. Royce Freeman, 11 for 51, obviously with Pierce out, not a good sign, but... You know, really, this was more of, of Houston being able to frustrate Kansas City defensively uh, than, than anything. And like you said, though, this came down to a, a couple of choice turnovers that uh, that really gave Kansas City an, an easier path to win. Uh, hats off to Jarek McKinnon, my friends. Uh, if you are a fantasy manager with Jarek McKinnon, uh, congratulations on moving on or, or congratulations on your win this week because he was a slate buster. Yeah, no, he was awesome. Uh, it's it's Kansas City's interesting. I mean, it's they they're in kind of like Buffalo. They kind of just are going through the motions right now. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, over these last three games. Yeah, well, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna find out the true identity of of the Kansas City Chiefs here going forward. It's definitely uh, definitely up to them. Uh, really, honestly, it's it's how hard they want to fight for the rest of the 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 thing, and they got to because if they want to be the number one seed. They've got to win out now, um, for sure, because the Bills are not going to let up either. Uh, all right, over cool. under on this one, forty eight. This one hit the over again, much to much of the under betters' chagrin. Uh, all right, let's move over to Philadelphia and Chicago. Yet another game in which it looked like the favorite was going to not walk away from the field with the win, as it was Philadelphia as eight and a half point favorites. Nine-point favorites, depending on when and where you got it from. Uh, obviously, Chicago covered. And by and large, Ryan, I feel like they should have won this game. Yeah, no, I'm with you. They were right there the entire time. Now, uh, I got uh, NFL Live on in the background and just came across a ticker 
Jalen Hurts suffered a sprained shoulder, and he's probably going to miss the Cowboys game because the line just in the Dallas game went up from two and a half uh, or three to all the way up to six. So sounds like Jalen Hurts is not going to play. So if you uh, can go grab an early value on the Cowboys, go do so. Oof, yeah, if you're watching live, go right now. Yeah. Try to hammer yeah. it. This, this yep. is why We're it's breaking live. news here, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I love it. Uh, and even if you're listening to this later on, I mean, probably haven't shifted yet. Probably haven't had a lot of time to, to maneuver. So go grab your favorite line and, and jump on it now. But for the Cowboys, this, this night, this game anyways is kind of meaningless. And for the Eagles as well. Now, uh, having won this game, it, it's a little bit meaningless. So I think that's probably why it, it's a good idea to rest hurts now. Uh, that way you can have them for the yeah. big stretch run, right? Gardner Minshew show. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with Philly. But you're right. I mean, Chicago was Chicago's kind of been a little bit like Houston. They, they've been feisty at, at home. Uh, they play hard for their coach, Eberflus. So, uh, I know Jay Mark had, had no hope on, on Wednesday when we did the show. I said, I think the Bears are going to keep it close. For, they, they've, they, they compete, at least. And Justin Fields, he's a pain in the ass to prepare for. Oh, yeah. And that, again, Justin Fields just yeah. really showing what he can do. 14 to 21, 152, two touchdowns. I don't know what it is about not throwing for yardage, but throwing for touchdowns. These short fields, man, maybe it's the punt returning. Maybe it's uh, whatever else it is. But I feel like these guys haven't had to necessarily throw the ball a whole lot. But Justin Fields, once again, 1595 uh, on the ground. I still don't think that it's the right it's it's the right move for a franchise to rely on their quarterback to be the the leading rusher as well but you know Justin Fields has been able to do it and he almost kept his team in for a win yeah no I agree with you there I mean you're seeing it with Lamar right now in Baltimore it's hard to stay healthy so hopefully like a Josh Allen can stay healthy as well indeed uh, all right so we talk about Philly they're going to probably rest Jalen Hurts next week which means that if you got to go get that line now go get that line now uh for you they'll probably I don't know. They may still end up winning that game. Who knows? Because the Cowboys are, <laughs> they're the Cowboys. That's for sure. Uh, but the the Bears obviously eliminated out of it. Now they're just sort of hanging on until the end of the season uh, to see where they end up in the yeah. draft lottery. Yeah, no, uh, the, the Bears better days ahead, I think. I think so too. They just got to regroup, kind of see where they're at after this. I and mean, it was a hopeful start to the season as far as just the the beginning of it, not necessarily how it all. I mean, they beat the Niners, which was great, but then it was all sort of downhill after that. But uh, over under on this one, forty seven and a half. They came in just two and a half points shy of hitting the over, so the under was in play here. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Carolina Panthers. Pittsburgh walking away with a twenty four to sixteen win over what should have been the resurgent Carolina Panthers. Uh, so another win for Mitchell Trubisky in his career. Yay. <laughs> How about the Steelers, man? Uh, Tomlin still refusing to have a losing season. He survives at least one more week. They're six and eight and their schedule is favorable coming down the stretch. I mean, they got the Raiders and Browns both at home and then they got Baltimore. So if they can win that Baltimore game, I think the Steelers might be able to win out here and get to nine and eight after all the, crazy up and downs throughout the season i'd like to see that honestly i i want i want that for mike tomlin yeah. uh i just that streak is such a fantastic streak that i don't want to see it ended uh so i i want to see the pittsburgh steelers win out uh 
I don't know. I mean, look, stranger things have happened. Uh, obviously, with them being the underdogs, the Steelers, in this game, they were three-point underdogs at some point, one-and-a-half-point underdogs. Uh, the, the point of the matter is they were underdogs coming into this game against Carolina, who had been good up until that point as far as uh, being able to just sort of win games that I don't think they should have uh, ended up winning. But, yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh comes away with the win, and it was, you know, it was good. It was it was good for football. It was fun to watch. Uh, Pittsburgh win a game. Um, and so, you know, but like you said, if, if they went out, that'll be on Tomlin more than anything. No doubt. And then Carolina, I mean, disappointing loss because you're coming off the big win, but they still control their destiny because Tampa Bay sucks. <laughs> I can't even believe. It. I mean, this this is probably what people were feeling like a few years ago when they were talking about the NFC West and all these seven and nine teams being in play, right? Yep. Or four and four and eight or whatever. You're like, oh yeah, but you still have an opportunity to to win your division. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, no, and or the NFC East a couple years ago. Yeah, oh yeah, with the Giants and all them looking as bad as they did. Um, all right, over under on this one was thirty seven. It got there. It hit forty. Um, obviously not a very high bar, but, uh, they crossed it for sure. Uh, again, we talked about these guys' futures and just what, what it's going to take for either one of them to be relevant for the rest of the season. So we'll move on from there. Let's take a look at hashtag Dallas sucks in Jacksonville, where Duval comes out with a 40 to 34 win in overtime against the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas now 10 and four Jacksonville, six and eight. Jacksonville, four-point underdogs, five-and-a-half-point underdogs in some instances. So if you're a Dallas uh, better, you lost. But if you're a Jacksonville coverer, uh, you you were happy that day. Yeah, promo code Dallas sucks. Uh, make sure you don't forget that promo code. Yeah, uh, pathetic by the Cowboys. Oh, 27 to 10. It was so predictable, though, because all they could do, Micah Parsons, is talk about the Eagles on deck, and it's like you, you, you're playing the Jaguars this week, who are not—they're not bad. Uh, they've won what now? Three out of four. They control their own destiny now in the AFC South, which is also crazy to believe. And Dallas was just coming off a game where they should have lost to Houston. So this is why the Cowboys will never win anything because they can't help themselves. It was that classic look ahead, right? They always talk about how yeah. if you if you look too and, far ahead. Yeah. And Dallas always falls for it. <laughs> they are like they they are the look ahead team. <laughs> like it's like the trap. Like game. I can't think of an organization exactly. It's such a joke in terms of like they got so much talent and they underachieve year in and year out. It's comical. As a Washington fan, all I can do is just sit back and laugh. That's well, I mean, look, as a Washington fan, that's what you guys have done for years at each other. It's it's just yeah. a matter of the built-in nature of the of the rivalry. But yeah, I mean, look, Jacksonville's got a lot to sort of look forward to. They're six and eight now, not necessarily uh mathematically eliminated like most teams aren't from the playoffs. Be a hard sell to get them there. I mean, they've gotta obviously like a lot of these teams went out, like we've been talking about, uh, for them to even be in the yeah. conversation. But look, man. Jacksonville has something for this league now, and and I think they've sort of announced it uh, uh, this week for sure. Yeah, and his name is uh, Trevor Lawrence. He was awesome again yesterday. He's playing finally up to his capabilities as the number one pick. I think Jacksonville is going to win this division, actually. I think they're way better than Tennessee right now. I like 
they play in week 18 in Jacksonville. I lean definitely lean to the Jaguars in that game. And if the Titans just lose another game, then the Jags can even lose another game on top of it. So Jaguars are sitting in a good spot here. They got a big one Thursday night at the Jets, though. So now we got Jets, Jags. We just had uh what Jets Lions in a meaningful December game. Now we got Jets Jags. And we got Lions Panthers. What sort week. of alternate <laughs> universe are we living in at this point? I, I don't even know. Oh, it's great. What, it's, what, what's going it's on? The NFL, man. <laughs> it's the NFL, man. Yeah, but who needs uh who needs Brady and Rodgers when you got uh Lions, Panthers, and Jets, Jags? When you've got Lawrence and and uh, Zach Wilson. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, three eighteen, four touchdowns. Dak Prescott, two fifty six, three touchdowns, but that two one two interceptions, one that was ridiculously costly for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, Dallas is Dallas. They either back them now or or they're gonna fall off the face of the earth, right? Yep. Uh, continue to fade Dallas in big games because that's what the Cowboys do. Ten and four are the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's stop talking about the Dallas Cowboys before we get fired. Uh, or actually, no, we're not we're not praising them, so we're we're fine. Yeah, uh, no, we're shitting on them. <laughs> yeah, we are. Let's talk about the Denver Broncos and the Arizona Cardinals in a game that everybody wanted to watch, uh, where Denver walks away with a twenty four fifteen win over the Cardinals, covering the two and a half point spread, but most certainly not captivating the hearts of America as this game. Uh, featured not just backups, but like backups to backups on this game. Uh, Ryan, what do we even say about the Brett Rippon versus Trace McSorley, really, if you want to get technical at it, the top passer for uh, Arizona? Yeah, this game was just horrible all around. Yeah, uh, for the Broncos, they scored 24 points in back-to-back games so far this year, so maybe getting rid of Russell Wilson is uh, the way to go for him. <laughs> maybe they're better with Rippon. So, yeah, <laughs> terrible game. Two terrible teams. The Cardinals are a joke, too. I mean, <laughs> what they've become so far in the last couple of years has been comical under Cliff Kingsbury. And it's not for lack of anything other than I just don't understand why this team can't gel it you know you you pay Kyler Murray you've got DeAndre Hopkins you've even I mean look James Connor say what you will he's still a running back that gets things done he's still a running back that can move that can uh move the chains you know but unfortunately none of these guys look DeAndre Hopkins had seven catches for 60 yards James Connor 16 carries for 63 yards he did find the end zone but I mean, nothing nothing doing there. And even with Kyler Murray in there, it wasn't any better. I mean, these guys right now are 4-10, and 10, and, and it, again, most of that was with Kyler Murray. So well, I don't know what the answer is in Arizona. I, in fact, I don't even know what the question is, to be honest with you. That's why I don't head coach, but I don't even know what the question is. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you think about it. Where, where, where do they go from here? Because I think Kyler Murray's going to miss time next year too, because he tore his ACL. It's uh, yeah. I mean, they're they're in a bad situation franchise wise. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury's got to go at the end of the year. I think that's obvious to everybody. Honestly, both these coaches need to go at the end of the year. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's not like Denver's any better at this yeah. point. They're four and ten as well, no. and they just ascended to four and ten. So, oh, they're rolling now. <laughs> <laughs> they can score more than twenty. I right, listen. I mean, feed or what was it? Let Russ cook at home. 
Uh, all right, thirty-seven. Let Russ sit. Let Russ sit. <laughs> thirty-seven uh, was the over/under on this one. They got to thirty-nine, so you actually hit the over. Uh, I don't know anybody that bet the over, but if you did, you're a happy person because uh, you hit it. I just again, I don't know anybody that did. All right, two franchises are horrible. Let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders and the New England Patriots. I heard this morning. I think it was NFL Radio. They were trying to name the. Um, the uh, uh, the play, and there was a lot of them that were there. I think the Sin City uh, sp- uh, Spectacular or something was one of them that I liked. The the Flick and Pick, I think, was another one that I heard somewhere voting out there. But, yeah, this game ended on just probably the single most craziest play that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, probably the dumbest, lowest IQ football play I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, you, you must be living under a rock because it's been everywhere. But uh, Jacoby Myers decided it, the game's tied. So here's the situation. The game's tied. Um, they run a draw. So you're they're playing for overtime, basically. Everybody's like, all right, all right they're going to run it out, go to overtime, see what happens. And Jacoby Myers decides he's going to lateral. Well, actually, Stevenson decides he's going to lateral the ball to Jacoby Myers, which I was like, what are they doing? Well, what if they fumble for some reason and gets taken back? And then Jacoby Myers decides he's going to throw a ball 20 yards field, twenty yards down the field backwards, one-on-one jump ball to Mac Jones, of all people, against Chandler Jones. You're not going to win that matchup. So, yeah, man, I for Belichick, I mean – for as great a coach as he is, like that's a reflection on him. Like it, it, we would crush any other coach in the scenario, but for you got to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, what the hell was that? Well, and Jacoby Myers, to his credit, did take some of the blame. Well, most of the blame, in fact, if not all of the blame, honestly, uh, in his post game office. <laughs> well, and he did, and that's I think you know a lot of times we like to roast these players for saying blah 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 blah, but he he actually took responsibility, and yeah, that was. That was a bonehead move, and he knows it. So, again, I don't think he's going to want to relive that moment as as he's going to see it. He's going to see it in ESPN Top 10s. Oh, yeah. He's going to see it for the rest of his life, that move. Uh, but, you know, you just got to move on from it. But here's the thing. That play would have never happened had Mac Jones been better in the first place. I mean, I think that this this whole, this whole situation could have been avoided if this offense would have been better than it was Anyways, you know, Mac Jones, 13 completions, 112 yards, no touchdowns. I mean, if it weren't for Ramondre Stevenson getting into the end zone, if it weren't for the defense playing better, then, you know, they wouldn't have been in that situation. And the the Raiders, to their own credit, uh, managed to pull stuff together. Derek Carr, 231, three touchdowns. But honestly, Ryan, it wasn't as as if Mac Jones put them in in a good situation. No, it, but it goes back to the other issue with Matt Patricia calling the plays. Like, how does Stevenson go for 172 and you only give the ball to him 19 times? I mean, for Belichick, Belichick Patriots team, I mean, what, what what's not broke, you don't fix it. I mean, so they, they should have just continued to run the ball with Stevenson and play ball control this entire game. But for some reason, they wanted to air it out a little more. And honestly, the Patriots did get job by the refs too. That was not a touchdown for uh, the Raiders. His foot was clearly out of bounds. I don't know what these officials were looking at. 
Well, okay, so we have merch in the uh, SGPN store right now talking about what our what we feel like about refs. But by the same token, you're absolutely right. It's just I don't – when you blow it up, you've got 4K cameras, you have got drones, yeah. you have got like ring cams. I don't care what you've got. They're all right there, and they've all blown it up, and they still call it a touchdown. Yeah, they got jobbed. Um, that probably shouldn't have been a thing either. It's just – Again, you can't take the human element out of the game, right? Yep. So, uh, all right. New England 7-7, seven and seven, kind of feeling that burn like the Jets. Las Vegas 6-8, and eight, uh, but they're sort of on the, on the upside of their 4-8, and eight, or 6-8, and eight, rather. Uh, they needed that game. They needed to win that game because they're, they're, maybe they needed another Derek Carr emotional breakdown. We talked about how they needed that to, to kind of <laughs> kickstart them again. Yeah, no, uh, for the Patriots, th- this this was devastating because if they win this game, they're in the driver's seat to get the wild card round. Now they got to beat Cincinnati this week. They got to find a way to win that game. Otherwise, I think they're pretty much toast. Well, maybe maybe Derek Carr knew that the uh, Fresno State Bulldogs had won their bowl game and was sort of uh, thrilled about that and, and uplifted a little bit. So uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah, uh, indeed. All right. Over under on this one was 45. They got there with 54 total points. Uh, let's move on to the Tennessee Titans and the Los Angeles Chargers. You talked about them earlier, Ryan. Tennessee, just not necessarily a team that's as good as they were at the beginning of the season right now. Yeah. Um, Tannehill exited this game for a second too, correct? And then he came back in? Correct. Yeah, so we're talking about <laughs> just a, a rotating cast of characters there. But Derrick Henry continues to be Derrick Henry, 104 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Um 21 carries so still but he was the leading receiver in this game that should tell you something four catches 59 yards ryan what's wrong in tennessee they're they're bad offensively Uh, it's one guy or bus i mean derrick henry like you said still goes for over 100 yards they played this at their pace needed it to be low scoring because they can't score but they just couldn't keep herbert and mike williams uh couldn't prevent them from getting in field goal range at the end of the game. What a throw. What a catch. Chargers, I mean, give them credit. They have found ways to win games coming down the stretch here and put themselves in a good position. Maybe, maybe Staley will save his job. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. By that much. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, look, for Justin Herbert, though, 313, no touchdowns. I mean, I know that this, you know, he's the the next young gun type player, but no touchdowns. That's still got a sting. Yeah, no, he was kind of he kind of struggled yesterday, but when his team needed him the most, he made some big plays. Um, looking at what they got, they got an easy schedule coming down the stretch. So if they do miss the playoffs, it's on it's completely on them. They got the Colts and Rams and Broncos. So you, th- those are three games you should win all three. Yeah. Well, again, we talked about Tennessee being seven and seven, and and maybe now just yeah. looking over their shoulder for. The uh for the NFC or the AFC South rather, and the Chargers eight and six Jags. Yeah, the Jags are nipping at their heels at this point. That's crazy. Yep. Uh, but the Chargers sort of watching as the big dogs play, and they're eight and six, kind of just waiting for their turn to maybe make some noise. I don't know that it's going to be as big a a big a sound as they want, but we'll see how they end up in the playoff race. Forty six and a half the over under on this one, thirty one points was the total the under hit so 
Let's talk about the, well, okay, so first of all, Tennessee did cover if you got them at three. Uh, if you got them at two and a half, they did not, uh, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, if you were Tennessee three and a half better, you were happy. Um, but if not, then you pushed, <laughs> unfortunately for you. <laughs> yep. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on to Cincinnati taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady, stop me if you've heard this one, did not win another game. Uh this is a situation where I think, just like Matt Ryan, I'm Tom Brady. I'm looking in the mirror this morning thinking to myself, well, I pretty much should walk away at this point. Yeah, I mean, I had the Bucks plus three and a half, and they're up 17 to nothing. And I go, oh, yeah, I was all over this one. How did they not cover when they're up 17 nothing at halftime or right before halftime? Joe Burrow, uh, I saw sad today. The Bengals 18 and four against the spread in their last 22 games. That's unheard of. So the Bengals continue to roll. They're they're a scary team right now in the AFC uh, playoff picture. I think they have got the momentum now. They've got the they've got the the just they've got it all at this point. Swag. They really do. They got the swag. There you go. I was yeah. I was looking for a word. I was like I don't know what to say. Uh, yeah. They do. They have that swag now, and and it's Joe Burrow. Obviously, being Joe Burrow, and it wasn't even as if he was breaking the stat sheet. He had 27 completions, but only 200 yards, but four touchdowns. But why? Because of short field position that entire third quarter, literally starting from like basically Tampa Bay's goal line. It's ridiculous. Yeah. No, it was ridiculous with the turnovers by Tampa, mainly Mr. Brady. I mean, uh, Tampa. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I really don't. I, I I know that they're in the South, but I don't think they're going to win the South. They're they're not good. They're on the wrong side of this, honestly. They really are, and it's yeah. it's. I know that they're leading right now. I know that they're in the lead at six and eight. They're in the lead of the, of the NFC South, but again, they are not playing their best football. It does not look like a cohesive unit out there at all. You got guys like Leonard Fournette on the sidelines, pissed off because it looked like somebody was blaming him for that fumble when the ball slipped out of Tom Brady's hand. That wasn't even a missed exchange. Yeah. If you watch that ball, Tom Brady gripped it a little bit early and it fell out of his hands into Leonard Fournette's chestal area. So it wasn't even a good clean handoff to begin with. And then Tom Brady's throwing interceptions. You got Mike Evans pissed off. You got Chris Godwin pissed off. Like This does not look like a team that, that wants to actually compete for a Super Bowl later down the road. Yeah, no, it, things are just not right in Tampa. I mean, you saw Bernard with the media after, too. It's it's just it's not a good situation down there. It seems like this is going to be the end for Tom in uh, Tampa. It's got to be at this point. I mean, even if he decides not to retire, what do you do? You know, it's just, it's just a matter no of you've, you've seen enough now. Uh, you've had your time. It's time to go. But for Cincinnati, again, Joe Burrow just going to continue to roll, I think, at 10-4 and four now. They're in the driver's seat of their destiny too. Um, obviously, they'll they'll make the playoffs, but where they fall has yet to be seen. But I think they're a force to be reckoned with right now. Once they get everybody humming like they did last uh, yesterday. Yeah, no doubt. They, I would not want to get in front of the Cincinnati wagon right now. Not even a little. Uh, all right, over under on this one happened to be forty six and a half. Killed it at fifty seven. Uh, we move on to the look-aheads because we're skipping Sunday night's game. No, I'm just kidding. We're not. 
<laughs> I, w- I wish we could because I, I want to blank that from my memory. I know. Unfortunately, we have to talk about the New York Giants beating the Washington Commanders 20-12. to 12. Uh, It was New York as four-point underdogs, four-and-a-half-point underdogs. In some cases, they did cover. Uh, I'll just talk about the over-under real quick on this one, 42, uh, but they did not cover the over as well. So, Ryan, there was a few things about this game that were frustrating from a, a commander's point of view. Obviously, the most of which being the very last situation where Brian or uh, yeah Robinson uh, crossed the goal line, only to have McLaurin called on a on a penalty, um, thereby wiping it off the board. Just and then the last uh, pass interference that wasn't called. A <laughs> lot of frustration. So I'll give you the Florida vent. Yeah, no, I mean, I could vent about the officials. They were awful, but I, I think everybody knows that. If I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the route of criticizing my own team. Uh, Scott Turner, how does Brian Robinson only get 12 carries when he goes for 89 yards on seven and a half yards of carry? It's December football, run the ball. Uh, Antonio Gibson was effective too, 4.2 yards carry, but he only has five carries. So Taylor, for Heineke, I mean, 30 pass attempts, that's too many. That needs to be closer to 20. It needs to be a more ball control team. The fumble at the, at the end of the first half was really a momentum changer for Thibodeau. Um, that guy, they couldn't block him all night. He's awesome. He's going to have a great career in New York. Um, and I thought, honestly, I thought Daniel Jones played well. He made timely throws. I know his stats weren't sexy. Um, and then for Saquon Barkley, he got the big yards late on that final possession to get him in field goal range to go up eight. That Saquon Barkley was, I think, the difference at that point. He was ripping off huge yeah. runs. I mean, that was all you had to do was stop. You know, at that point, really just had to stop Saquon Barkley, and they could not do it. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely hats off to Saquon for for putting in a huge performance. I'm with you on the Robinson thing. I mean, look, I was happy because I had a, a prop that I had put out that was uh, Brian Robinson rushing for 25 yards in both halves. So 25 in the first half, 25 in the second half got there on both halves, uh, but he really should have been given the ball a lot more. And yes, Gibson was uh, efficient, but I'm also glad he didn't get the ball more because I was going up against him in a league that I didn't need him to get big big carries on. But, you know, by and large, I think that the if they would have been able to control the clock a lot more with Robinson, yeah, you're right. They probably should have been able to, to hang on to win that game. Like you said, though, too, the, the refs, you can... You can pin a lot of what just happened on the refs, too, because that those two calls, I think, yeah. really did influence what happened. And the two-point conversion. I mean, the two-point conversion, the offensive pass for free, then you miss the extra point the next play. So, yeah, the whistle didn't go our way last night. So, it is what it is. You got to gotta move on and uh, hashtag uh, rest or terrorists, as, as the shirt says. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Giants now 8-5-1, and one, Washington 7-6-1. Couple of uh, tough schedules ahead for both of these teams, but yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do if you're Washington. You got to get back on that horse. They were one of the hotter teams in the NFL too, heading into that week. Yep. Unfortunately, they got cooled down. So um, we'll look to see them jump yeah, back on the horse. Rod, uh, you want to let us win this week? No. Well, I don't know. We've <laughs> locked up. We've locked up the West. I suppose. I suppose there's nothing to be had for us. We may rest our starters. You need the two seed, the you need the two seed though. Oh, are you kidding? We definitely need the two seed. I, yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. want anything other than that. Um, okay, well, Ryan, that officially 
puts the wrap on Saturday and Sunday and Thursday. Obviously, there's still one more game to come tonight. We'll watch the pack and see what they can do uh, in their game this week. But as we always do, let's turn our attention a couple of weeks ahead to find out some lines that we are looking at for week 17 in the NFL. But Ryan, I know that you have got how we did or how we've done uh, in our week 16 look ahead. Uh, Hit us with those. Yeah, so uh, we gave out the Jaguars the Thursday night game. We uh, gave out the Jags at plus two and a half. They are now a one-point dog, and I think they're actually going to be favored by the time that thing kicks off, so good value there. Give out the Lions plus four in Carolina. They're da- Now they're two-and-a-half-point favorite, so we crossed over to the zero. We got a touchdown of value there. Cincinnati minus one in New England. Uh, they're now minus three-and-a-half. We gave out the Buffalo Bills minus seven and a half in Chicago. They're actually eight and a half now. I saw it up to nine, but it came back down to eight and a half. J Mark must have bet it down. Um, what else did we give out? We gave out the Seahawks plus 11 in Arrowhead, and they are down to actually, wait. Uh, we actually are on the wrong side of this one. Oh, we gave out. No, wait, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm all over the place. Uh, we gave out Seattle plus 11. They're now a nine and a half point dog. Oh, so go. we got over that 10 number. And last but not least, we gave out the Steelers plus two at home against Vegas. It made no sense to us. They are a field goal favorite now. So five points of value. See, I'm telling you right now, this is my favorite part was the yep. look ahead. So I, I love looking back, but I always love looking ahead because we seem to be identifying some good value. I agree. I love it. Um, okay, well, Ryan, I will give the floor to you. Why don't you start us off at where you're looking? I'm going to go with my team, actually. Week 17, I'm seeing my team currently, Washington, as a three-point underdog at home against Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Browns. I will jump on that gladly right now and take uh, Washington plus three against Deshaun Watson and the Browns. I love that very much so. Uh, because, again, it doesn't make any sense. I, I know what Cleveland just did and beat the Ravens, but they beat the shell of the Ravens, and and this is Washington who are, is coming off of a very frustrating loss to the, the Giants, which they should have won, so um, definitely love that. Why don't I step over to this Carolina-Tampa Bay game? Right now, I'm seeing Carolina at plus 9.5. No way. Oh, yeah. Pounce on that. No way. <laughs> are you kidding me? That's that is insane. Well, That's not going to stay there at all. Well, and Rod, this is the game. Like for the Panthers, they need to win this game to win the division. The Bucks. So this is a do or die game for both teams. I'm with you. Too many points there. Yeah, and it's not as if I think this is because I think Carolina is a dominant force. I just think Tampa's stumbling all over themselves. There's no way I think they can put together a good enough game to beat anybody at this point. And even if they do end up winning, I don't think that they're going to crush Carolina in a way that this line suggests that they should. Yeah, no, I agree with you there, Rod. All right, moving on. Where do we got next? I'm seeing the Raiders. This game is puzzling. Uh, I got the Raiders minus one and a half um, against the Niners. I'm not taking the Raiders. I'm just saying they are minus one and a half. I'm going to take the Niners uh, plus one and a half. They're going to be favored by close to a touchdown, I think, by the time this thing goes off. So I'll take the Niners plus one and a half against the Raiders. That makes no sense. That is absolutely insane. Uh, Yeah. All right. So I'm going to take, uh, let's see. It looks like, 
uh, well, Miami and New England right now is at plus one and a half in favor of uh, Miami. Well, okay, I'm all convoluted. <laughs> I'm all over the place, Ryan. Miami and New England. <laughs> Miami is a point and a half underdog right now, which I find to be absolutely insane. Uh, whereas what we just saw this last week, so I'm gonna get. I'm gonna take Miami plus one and a half uh, for this. I don't think it stays there. Bingo. Yep, I like that one too. And for my last one, I'm gonna take. Oh, I'm gonna take Jacksonville and a pick them at Houston. Uh, I think they'll be favored by at least a field goal. Jaguars are a different team since they last played. I will take the Jaguars and a pick them in uh, Houston. Damn you! That was the one I was gonna go with next. Uh, <laughs> is the next one to me then? Yes, final one. All right, I got my final one. Uh, well, look, Philadelphia right now is only three-point favorites over New Orleans. So give me Philly minus three before that one shoots up uh, to at least a touchdown or, or six, at least six points. Yeah, I thought of that one too. That's a good one. So, all right, beautiful. Run them down for us one more time so everybody knows and is on the same page with us. Uh, we are giving out Washington plus three at home against Cleveland. We are giving out Carolina plus nine and a half uh, at Tampa Bay. We are giving out the Niners plus one and a half at Vegas. We are giving out uh, the Dolphins plus one and a half as well in New England. Jaguars in a pick them with uh, the Texans. And the final one, the Philadelphia Eagles minus three against the New Orleans Saints. All right. As we will do, we will update you on that line movement next week. But, of course, that is the week 17 look ahead in the NFL. We're coming up on the last time that we can look ahead, Ryan, as we break down stuff on Monday. That'll be the last week we look ahead until the playoffs, yeah? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's here. It's sad, but it's it's also exciting because uh, the the games are getting better and better. Absolutely, football is definitely getting better and better. Uh, all right, that'll do it for this episode of the NFL Gambling Podcast. It's our weekly roundup and look ahead. Uh, Ryan, before we head out, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? Yeah, uh, if you're for those watching on YouTube, right there at Moneyline underscore Mac, I am in the Discord as well. And then uh, if you want some college basketball, it's college basketball season. Head over to the college basketball experience with Colby and I every single night. You will find that us here in the SGPN never rest on one sport and one sport alone. <laughs> Follow me on no Twitter doubt. at RJ Gomez. There is still going to be a link in my bio to everything I've got going on. They haven't been able to take that away from us yet. So while it's still there, uh, find the link in my bio with everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's Sportsbook Review, whether it's in between media, uh, all the fun stuff got going on. Until next week, everybody, enjoy the Monday night game and enjoy week 16 in the NFL. We'll see you to recap it. We'll talk about week 18. For Ryan, for me, see you next week and let it ride.